Now they're actually going to expand that next year to 20 teams. I mean, 16 teams. Welcome, Welcome to, to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Just a little bit of pre-show action there as we were uh, getting ready to go. We got a special guest with us uh, again tonight, Victor Villarreal, joining us. How are you doing tonight, Victor? Very good, very good. How about you? Doing good, man. Me and Rafa just getting back from kind of a, a road trip out there in Houston, and, and then Rafa and Harry got to take the trip out there to El Paso to go check out the San Antonio FC game. So Rafa's kind of been on both ends of Texas, I feel like, but you're used to it with all the uh, recruiting and everything else, right, Rafa? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun to go one end to the other. <laughs> <laughs> Although we we got to say that Victor's got the best background with the palm tree in the back, makes me like, uh, you know, wondering what I'm doing wrong in life right now. Actually, out of vacation with my family recruit. Gotcha. So where are you living life right now, Victor? Uh, we came to Port Aransas for the week. Nice man, nice. We're all doing it wrong, man. Hey. <laughs> Well, well, you, you got, got a, a beautiful, beautiful background there this evening and everything. Thanks for taking the time out of your vacation to join us. Uh, you know, looking forward to speaking with you and kind of breaking down some of the uh, the newer training. I'm expecting to see a, a highlight video from you very soon. Um, but kind of first, just wanted to uh, recap your season there with Corpus Christi playing in USL League Two. Uh, you had three games played and two clean sheets out of those three, so you can't really uh, hate those results too much, can you? Yeah, definitely good experience. Um, we played good as a team. We finished second in our conference. And uh, I wasn't the starter for the beginning of the season, but when I did get my playing time, I definitely took advantage of it. And in those three matches, I uh, got two clean sheets, and the only two clean sheets as a team we got the whole season. So it was good. And the other one you played, you know, looks like here you had a tie as well. Um, I was just kind of interested looking at it here. All three of your starts were on the road. Uh, were you a little disappointed that you didn't get more um, playing time, especially at home uh, there in Corpus? Uh, you know, because it looks like you know that um, basically mid June to end June is when you is when your games were started. As soon as um, my third game finished, I had um, I had to come back home, so okay. uh, I was to like um, start working and stuff because I had to pay my tuition for my summer because I'm taking summer classes. Uh, it was definitely a uh, when I started playing the three games, I was going to be the uh, the, the goalie for the rest of the season because our starting goalie got hurt. But um, I definitely missed um, big, some big games, which was like four games left. Mm-hmm. But um, I had to unfortunately come back home. That's why I was going to play. But it was a good experience for those games. Well, so that's another season wrapped up for you in USL League 2 and everything, but college right around the corner, heading up to NTCC for this will be your junior semester now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, sophomore. Sophomore, excuse me, man. It's, it feels like it's flying by between my own kids and then seeing all you kids in, in, in college now and everything. Um, but, uh, you know, last year you mentioned kind of that it was you and another keeper battling a little bit for that starting spot and that you guys kind of split time. Tell us a little bit about the results that you had last year up there at NTCC, uh, playing keeper and everything, and kind of what you hope to accomplish this season. Um, it was definitely good. Uh, I, but the funny thing is that the other goal was my roommate as well, so we had like a connection off the field, and we would always train together and whatnot. Um, I got nine starts for uh, the season, and I, in those nine starts, I got eight clean sheets, which was only one goal clean season in those games. And overall, the team, we finished... We're four in the nation right now, and we lost in the semifinals and nationals. 
which was tough. To the team that won it, which FEMA, which is FEMA, but we could have won it, but things happened. That's how soccer is. Well, and this, and this is, is now playing in the Nationals at the JUCO level, right, for for the college. Exactly. So no wonder why you're a sophomore. Of course, that makes sense. Forgive me for that earlier. But so obviously this season, you know, you guys coming back uh, after losing in the semifinals, obviously, you know, the championship, probably uh, one of those things that you guys want to make it to. Uh, what about for you, you know, in your current situation, battling this year as far as uh, trying to get that starting keeper job? Um, definitely. Uh, Corporate has given me a lot of experience. Um, I learned a lot from my first year to now, playing having college experience as well. Now that I have a USL League 2 experience, some college experience, I've trained with uh, Arturo, which is assistant coach for Austin Ball, and Diego Restrepo. We, uh, I've trained both of them, and I've trained with Austin Ball, the first team as well. And it was definitely a great experience, like the atmosphere and the way Diego and Arturo has their drills, and it has made me a better player. So I have um taking that into consideration to my sophomore college. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how important is that? Just, you know, me and Rafa had a chance while we were out there in Houston to kind of watch a little bit of New Orleans training session and just some of the different stuff that they do. How different is it? How good is it for you to kind of see some of those things that maybe you don't have exposure to uh, at the normal collegiate level or the junior college level and, and things like that? It's amazing. I know Diego has a lot of uh, a lot of background, a lot of experience. He's played for um, a lot of the best teams in Venezuela and Colombia. Has played a uh, USL and stuff. And Arturo's played for USL as well. They've given me a lot of tips and drills to do. And I take one percent out of every practice and put it in my pocket and learn from it from there. You know. Rafa, you know, you're a goalkeeping coach in addition to, you know, being a head coach and stuff like that with what you're doing right now. How important is that to kind of have that variety and everything of, of just different exposure? Yeah, learning a lot of different techniques. I'm not sure Victor's going to mention that. You know, learning techniques is a big thing when it comes to a keeper, especially hands, you know, vision and so forth. I was going to ask Victor, it's like, uh, how, how do you feel about your game? Has it improved working with? Restrepo, like, what, what are some new things that you feel that's made you a lot better keeper now? Um, Diego's always made uh, mention that having good feet is a big, big part of football now. And every time uh, we do drills, everything involves feet, technical passes, volleys, uh, mid range, but everything starts off with feet, and that's what I think that's a really important uh, aspect of goal. Like, uh, not just saving. I mean, saving is like the your job, but having feet, having good feet, is important. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, what like, like a lot of keepers have to have now, nowadays and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, going into this season with the with your JUCO season, you know, what goals do you have set for you, and then and from beyond after after the season, what are you looking forward to? Um, I plan to uh, be the starter and develop more as a goalie. And since I'm taking a lot of it, uh, I took more classes than I should have had, which is good for me. I'm graduating this December in three semesters instead of four. So I have, by spring, by January, I should be going to another, uh, just to a full year instead of um, wasting my two complete years in JUCO. And right now I have a lot of D2 offers, but I plan to go take a D1 and go from there. Is there a particular place you'll, you'll love to play at as far as D1? Um, well, the, the glove brand I get sponsored by, the Cronis. Uh, the guy he gets um he goes to UNVL. Well he went to UNVL and he trains a goalie. So he has one of the biggest academy for goalies in the US and it'll be nice to go with him. Yeah, 
and actually see me break in the gym with them. So that was one of my like, top schools. What what advice would you give? Like like I know for I, I work with with players or I guess right now they're U19s. They're about to graduate this upcoming year. You know, what advice would you give as far as recruitment and so forth? You know, getting that exposure out to get you know be part of the JUCO or NEIA or Division Two or even Division One as far as playing in college. Um, the co- the coaches no one knows about you unless you get out there and email coaches and whatnot. You have to first of all um, have your stats, have a training video and game footage because coaches want to see both. And not to make it too long where coaches get bored uh, bored of it and start watching it, but um, definitely contact each coach from each school. And uh, depends if you want to stay in Texas or out of Texas and um, focus on the divisions you want to choose. Because I know D3 don't give out soccer scholarships. And so um, I know if you want to play soccer and go to school, D2, D1, and JUCO, especially JUCO, it's really, like, school's really easy. For me, it's easier in high school. Like, my GPA is a 3.8. It's, it's insane. Like, he still <laughs> give you a lot of money when you transfer. But definitely reach out to your coaches and um, ID camps, especially. Like, that's where you get a lot of exposure as well. Now, I'm curious, because me and Ralph have kind of talked about some of those ID camps and just, you know, the costs and everything associated with that. Were there any ID camps in particular, Victor, that you felt like you really got some value out of or, you know, that, that you could recommend in particular? Um, I know UIW and St. Mary's camp. They usually have a lot of coaches come out. And Trinity, like, the St. Mary's camp. Uh, UIW camp I had. They had... Um, UIW, sorry about that. UIW, Trinity, St. Mary's, um, CLU, and like a lot of schools. Mainly, mainly focus on schools that have like a lot of. Mainly focus on camps that have a lot of schools coming to the camps, and contact the coaches just before the camps so you have a, an idea of who they who they are, who you are, you know. And that's that's a great point. You know, sometimes the difference in how you can stand out can be something as simple as reaching out beforehand and saying you're looking forward to it or reaching out afterwards and, and just saying thank you for the opportunity and the training. You know, sometimes that can be the difference between you and the next guy fighting for that roster spot. So, well, I know we're looking forward to uh, seeing you up there uh, this this upcoming season and everything and the work that you're continuing to do uh, with Diego and, and all that stuff is, is really exciting. Obviously, we don't want to see you playing uh, soccer there in Austin, but we'll be happy for you if uh, you sign at whatever level there in Austin. That, that, that would at least maybe make me a fan just that little bit. To, uh, <laughs> nah, just giving you a hard time, man, but... Wishing you all the best. Uh, Rafa, Harry, did you guys have anything else for Victor before we let him uh, enjoy the, the rest of his vacation? Yeah, well, not really a question, but just to kind of give let people know, uh, Victor plays for the Northeast Texas Community College. Um, you know, so if you, you know, if you want to follow them, I'm assuming they have social media. Um, yeah. I looked up their website here uh, for here, and it looks like. Um, you got to be reporting pretty soon because you got some scrimmages in you know, you know August tenth there. So, um, and then it looks like the the season gets started and uh, looks like you'll be pretty busy uh, going around Texas here. So, uh, wish you luck. I know I'll be following you. Uh, you know, since well, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, uh, school that my kids will most likely go to, so uh, you'll be a favorite of ours always. <laughs> Definitely, sounds good. Awesome, Victor. Well, wishing you all the best, man, and, and we'll catch up with you soon after you get settled in up there in uh, North Texas. Okay, awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks.
All right, everybody, we will be right back. Let's just make a quick couple changes, and we will keep talking San Antonio soccer. Always good catching up with Vic, wishing him all the best in his upcoming JUCO season. Hopefully, man, maybe a, another deep run into the playoffs there for them and maybe make it all the way to the finals this year. That would be really exciting. So happy for him and uh, all the success that he's had from the hard work that he's been putting in. But, uh, Harry, I, I know you had the opportunity. We always like to start kind of with a little bit of the lower league before we get into uh, San Antonio FC. And uh, the UPSL season for the women wasn't over here yet in uh, San Antonio. Uh, do you want to break down that game for us a little bit before we get into that El Paso match? Yeah, so uh, was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. Uh, I think you guys were on the way to Houston. Uh, I went out and saw the final between Sporty and Alamo City at the Alamo City Stadium there. Uh, I was kind of a little bit caught off guard when I saw the tweet from Alamo City saying, hey, there's a game because, you know, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was over. Uh, but uh, Sporty pulled out, uh, you know, we had to leave a little bit early, but uh, when I last left, it was three to nothing um, with just a, a little bit of time left here. So uh, Sporty's going to be facing Samba uh, this Saturday um, at Wheatley Heights Sports Complex, uh, July 27th at 7 p.m. Uh, there is a $10 admission uh, for the final here, so but it will be interesting with the, the city final, uh, really between it. And I know John and, and you know the, the owners of the Sporty are pretty excited about um, being the first one here. Um, for Samba's work, it looks like they might have their work cut out for them here because the uh, Sporty ended up five and uh, five wins, one draw, uh, while Samba you know finished at three, two, and one. So. Um, It'll be interesting to see how how, how this goes through. Uh, you know, looks like here, uh, you know, Sporty and Samba had a draw one one, and then uh, the loss uh, on uh, on uh, June uh, June 29th uh, was a three one. So uh, should be entertaining. I think those were the two best teams, uh, you know, in the league this year. Um, Alamo City did a good job, you know, ex you know, uh, especially for a first year and running two teams with the WPSL and and the Alamo uh, the. WPSL, uh, or pardon me, the UPSL ladies there. So, uh, but it was a fun time. And like I said here, you know, I do recommend, uh, you know, in the fall, if you get the opportunity, because uh, I'll mostly you'll be having a boys team, um, I think, starting in the fall here. But uh, that might be something that I need to double check on here. Breaking uh, news, Alamo City. Well, the reason why I say that is if you go to the standings page, they already have fall up, and they do not have Alamo City listed there. Now, the fall so, is when they're supposed to be bringing the Pro Rail to the USL, right, for this fall season with the Division supposed 2? Supposed to. Now, um, is that going to be? A couple of changes that I see. The Corinthian, Samba, San Antonio, and, and uh, FC Thunder are all in the same division. In the heart. With, in the heart with Waco. Uh, Coyotes, which I know Coyotes, uh, uh, Coyotes, and then there's a capital city, which I think replaced uh, Round Rock. Now, I don't know if that's the same team. Because uh, Capital City FC, and you know, you would assume that's the, a team from Austin and then Bell County. Uh, but so from is that all, eight teams in that division? Then in the heart of next year, teams in that in that in that uh, conference. Conference. Now, what's interesting here is it does have a UPSL Championship South uh, that I can see on there that's only got four um, for here. So you know, I don't know if they've got it. You know, 
you finalized or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of interesting to where they've got some new teams, but I don't see um, uh, Alamo City, which I do know that they've been fairly active recruiting. Uh, so they are planning on playing. So it might not be finalized, uh, you know, because uh, for that here, but it just, it's funny when you look at their website, they already got the fall fall season standings up, on, you know, I'm assuming it's unofficially. Uh, so it's nice to see the Corinthian Samba and runners all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, you know, I think, it, I think you gotta have, um, you've got to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, almost city there. Um, uh, I do know in kind of reaching out to them, it'll probably be, everything will probably be finalized mid August. Uh, cause obviously this week in Weatherford is the final of it, uh, the final four. Uh, unfortunately, the UPSL Central uh, did not qualify a team. Um, the Oklahoma City team, the Amps, uh, lost to uh, Southwest. Uh, was it Southwest? I forget that. They're from El Paso. Southwest FC. Uh, so they're going to be the Texas team uh, in their, that plays in the Southwest Conference uh, for that here. And so uh, it'll get an opportunity. I know, I think, uh, it, on Twitter, uh, UPSL was, uh, you know, uh, giving you basically free tickets. I think $10 gets you into all three matches um, for, you know, you have the what, semifinals on Saturday and the final right. on Sunday. Yep. Um, I was hoping to go, but unfortunately work called. So I am not going to be able to make the trip up like I wanted to. So the problem with starting a new job, but uh well, I'm really looking forward to the fall season, regardless of if they're able mm-hmm. to implement that second tier like they thought they were going to be able to in the conference or not. Um, I am glad to see, like we had kind of thought we would see, if that is how things wind up, uh, the, all the San Antonio teams back in the same conference or in the same conference really for the first time. First time, yeah. Yeah, because of the back and forth that you've kind of had there uh, with Samba and then Corinthians and, and everything else. So. And I don't know how final this is because I've heard, I've heard unconfirmed rumors that there could possibly be a San Antonio division, um, which you know you're talking about. You've got five teams right there, and then if you have the the capital, you know, if you had Capital City, you know, the Austin team, um, that would give you kind of six teams just right there, and, and barring any any last minute additions, because I know there's still. Uh, you know, and speaking with Brant, he mentioned that they're they're still looking at teams possibly to be added for the fall. Well, you have to if you want to implement that two tier pro rail system. You don't have so, enough yet. You know, like unless you chop down your division like a four team division, you know, and then do it that way or something. But that's going to be a tough division, I think, regardless with FC Waco and Coyotes. You know, looking strong there towards the end of last season. So whether and the runners, and we got to figure the Corinthians will be better as well this year. Yeah. Corinthians were pretty solid in the South, so you add them to there. But, you know, to me, the question kind of comes down to, and this is going to probably be something that maybe in the next week or two, once things kind of settle down at work, um, I'd like to, you know, maybe put together a little article about what it's going to take to beat the North. Because as much as we tout the heart in the South, the North has just ran over, you know, ran over each one when it comes to the playoff season. So, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, it, to me that that's the, that's the challenging thing that maybe um, maybe I can reach out to some of the other managers locally here, or uh, you know, even even in the south to see, hey, you know, what's kind of the difference, or what you know, why is the north so dominant over over the south? So, but work's got to calm down right now. <laughs> 
excuses, excuses. Hey, I'm working 60 uh, hours this weekend. Come on. That's, that's good, good for the bank, bank that's, that's for sure. It's good for the bank. We're going on vacation in, in August. So, uh, you know, the, you know, happy wife with the budget, you know, you know <laughs> <laughs> the vacation money for sure. He allows me to go to El Paso. That's and, what know, I was about to say. So obviously a little bit of lower right now, kind of in some of the lower league stuff. So uh, not going to spend as much time going over that, but Hoping to get some more guests and stuff like that on over the next few weeks, uh, kind of during the off season, uh, just to kind of take up some of the, the time and everything and bring you guys something a little bit different. But uh, luckily, you know, we, we had a couple road trips to uh, talk about. So let's do yours first, since ours, uh, mine will lead into the uh, more longer subject, because there'll be two games to discuss as opposed to... Uh, Calendar-wise, that's not right, though. Like, that's cro- not chronologically how the events played yeah, out. Our but show still, is chronological. You know, yours was the uh, higher-level match, even though it's a friendly, if you like European teams. I, I, I'm you don't more... see anything at these ICC games, Harry, remember? It's just a money yeah, yeah. You paid the money. It was, it was like, like Cardiff City, City and San Antonio, Antonio FC, bro. But you like... paid the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, so it was a pretty cool trip, obviously. I'm sure by now everybody kind of knows uh, that me and Rafael went out there to Houston for the Real Madrid and Bayern Munich game on Saturday. And uh, it was nice to have somebody to kind of ride out there with. Obviously, uh, our road trip was... Only about three hours. You guys really had that couples therapy. The seven hours, yeah. Uh, with the uh, all out there. But um, it was really cool just to get to hang out and talk for a couple hours like we do kind of on the show anyways about San Antonio FC and just soccer in general here in San Antonio and getting to know each other a little bit better. So um, this was kind of a bonding trip, I guess, for San Antonio FC and kind of a bonding trip for the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable this week with you guys getting to make a road trip together and us getting to make a road trip together. But um, kind of started off at a little tailgate party there at Little Woodrow's um, once we got into town and everything. And uh, obviously, Rafa was like one of the five people there in a Real Madrid shirt. But I think for the most part, like everybody was pretty cool, right? Like, like, I told Rafa the, the whole time, like, we were looking, I'm looking on Facebook, I'm like, hey, man, I don't, I don't think it's, like, a general ICC thing, I think it's, like, a Bayern ICC thing, and I was like, as long as you're cool with that, dude, you don't mind hanging out, you know, I'm sure nobody's going to give you too Yeah, hard I, I used to get to see Lathar, um, um, uh, what's his name, um, the Legends, um, from the world, from the 90 World German World Cup, um. They went back a little bit, man. I thought that, you know, maybe Robin was going to show up or, or something like that. Now that he's retired, yeah. But no, they, uh, so we didn't wait in line for that. But um, you could tell a, a couple of the guys didn't really want to be there. Uh, they didn't look like they were too happy to be signing autographs out there in the heat at Little Woodrow's two hours before. Yeah, the they're going to be coming back to Texas anytime. <laughs> Unless it's an air condition. <laughs> But, but no, I, mean, I, I go go ahead, Harry. But speaking of that, I mean, it's kind of similar like to Cardiff here. Isn't that good though for a preseason, especially early to come in, get outside of your element? Obviously, in the heat, you know, I'm assuming that's going to help improve your conditioning as long as you're not out there a little a long period of time. Um, to me, I think that you know, I think that's what makes these trips you know, outside of the paycheck that they get, you know, just that, that bonding, you know, the different environments. Um, and also, you know, just to be honest, I, you know, doing 
you know, a practice here in the heat compared to possibly doing, you know, I don't know if they do two a days over in Germany, like they do, you know, American football, but I'm assuming they, you know, they, they hit, they hit it pretty good, um, you know, over, over in Europe during preseason. So I, I think I, you know, you know, I'm assuming as a player, you know, you know, you want to, Hey, I'll take time off as much as you can get, but you know, to go out and, you know, socialize with the fans and, and you know, they're getting a check. So one Audi was sponsoring something, I think, for Bayern, too, with the Audi Tour or whatever. So there's some additional sponsorship dollars there. But, you know, to that point, you know, you saw we saw the, the practice for Bayern. Um, but Real Madrid, I, I think they did their event at the NRG Stadium, didn't they, Rafa, before the game? Yeah, they did so, it the day before. Really, that's an air-conditioned environment, you yeah. know, that they played yeah. their match in, practiced yeah. in. Yeah, they actually did the same thing because they, they just played today. Uh, they're at the, I think, where DC United plays. FedEx Field or whatever. Audi Field. So they did the same thing. So they didn't really have, like, a private session practice like Byron did. You know, so that way some fans can go see. So, of course, I guess they're Zidane and his staff was probably going through a different different way of doing things and so forth. But it was cool to, you know, to see – you know, an actual Europe, you know, one of the major European powers, how they practice and all that. That's kind of an eye-opening experience. I uh, got some good pointers and so forth, you know, compared to, you know, <laughs> just some of the leagues that we have around here. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like I said, breathtaking because, you know, and then also meeting the players too. You just watch them on TV and, and yeah, there he is, <laughs> looking up at six, it's on six, six and so forth. So it, was, uh, it was a good experience. Yeah, no, and then the match, though, too, you know, like, it was a good, it was a good experience, I think, too. I talked to some people who had gone to Miami, and we were talking to some people that traveled to some of the other Bayern that, you know, were in that group or whatever. And, uh, you know, the, this year was really the first year that, like, Mueller traveled and Newer traveled and everybody traveled. And so when they announced the starting lineups, you know, that first half was a Champions League matchup for the most part. You know, when you saw those lineups outside of obviously a one key person missing who was there in Houston, but not in the 18 that you kind of noticed about that we can get into uh, here. Yeah, he didn't want to play. <laughs> so you, but, but then he played against Arsenal and, and purposely shanked a PK. So. Yeah, well, now it looks like he's probably going to stay. Uh, I've just got a report that Marco Asensio might have torn his ACL. And the game, and so that's going to bring us See? to that. And so I don't know if they're going to let him go or not. That may change some things. So we'll, we'll see. Unless they're going to let one of the young guys. But I was impressed on the game with uh, number twenty-eight uh, Kubo, the eighteen-year-old from Japan for Real Madrid. That that that, that kid's going to be a stud in about maybe three or four years. You know what, man? You. You called that on the way out there. You said that he was going to be somebody to watch, and me and Rafa were kind of on opposite ends, obviously, once we got inside and everything. But uh, he, he was, for Real Madrid, he was definitely, um, I mean, one of those kids that just even at that level could make a difference right away for them. So I remember you mentioned that when we were on the way out there, and we just kind of watching him during the game, and it was like every touch that he had, it was like an Ethan Bryant, but, you know, for Real Madrid level or whatever. Ten times, ten times it, the time. It, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but and that's that not knocking right. against Ethan Bryant. Not at all. Not at all. But um, it, it was a great experience, yeah, getting to see the so practice. You bring up a question about Bell. There's no way they can keep him, right? 
He's actually under contract, but the coaches basically said, hey, you're not wanted. I don't want you. You're a piece of trash. After that match. If I can get you know a penny on for you, I'm I'm gonna do it. And, I, and of course, yeah. this camp's like, hey, we're not going out on loan. Blah, I think blah, blah, he pissed blah. him off. I think he really pissed him off as far as not playing that game because you know you're there, you're at the stadium. You know the fans are paying a ticket to wa- to come see watch you, mm-hmm. watch you, and for you to refuse to play. You know, I think that he, he just got caught in the and I got caught in the moment and. You well, know, that's not the first time, though. It's yeah, but that was the kind of really, you know, really, really kind of throwing them under, you know, doing that. But you know, it's now that with Asensio possibly out for the season, you know, how are you know are they going to you know, keep him, or is still the plan? Suppose he's going to go to the Super League in, in China. Uh, that's still up in the air. Or now does Real go after? Know, go bring in Pogba, which is another rumor. Suppose they're going to try to swap players with Man U. You know, it's going to be interesting how they move forward after this. But the game, but that as far as the game there in Houston, and you can tell Bayern was in good form. Um, they're, they're probably going to win the Bundesliga again. I don't. I just don't see any other team competing again. Well, do you think Dortmund's stronger? And I know it's too early to tell, but do you think Dortmund is is strong, or is it? They may give him a game, but I mean, you can even ask, tell Scott, you know, you know, ask Scott this. Like they, they were in good form. And they're, what's they're, scary is that Lewandowski didn't start to the second half. Yeah, you got to see him score a goal in the second half. But and that's that's. I mean, you, just, you got to see Noor play in the first half. Their defense broke down a couple times. Um, what's his name for real number nine that we were? Um, Benzema, yeah, he, he missed a couple of today again. So. Yeah, that I mean, I, they're gonna have to pull that guy for sure. Don't 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 send uh, anybody too far yet. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was. Looking. I I think the defending that you just saw at that level, and not just Bayern, you know, I'm sure you could see it on the other end with Real as well. But I mean, you just you see him make a quick counterattack, kind of back down the field, and the defender just kind of step up in transition and make a good play one on one outside the box, you know, versus. The USL where it's just like bend, 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 bend. Okay, now we're gonna step, you know, and try and attack. So it was, I mean, just it was, it was night and day. I'd never really seen, um, I guess, a game with that many starters live in person. You know, I'd been to the Alamo Dome and kind of seen some Gold Cup matches far away and stuff, but to sit kind of where we sit, you know, for San Antonio FC and everything, and just get to see it in person it was it was pretty amazing. so you think it was i know we you know i bitch about that it's a money grab and and stuff like that but you i think and, it depends and, and on the you year think it's worth them because i think a couple of years ago it was you know the backups mostly playing but it seems right. like this year it seems like there, there's more stars out there and i don't know you know i know last year had the world cup so that's kind of a little bit unfair maybe you need to take Maybe you need to take that year off. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, well, well, next World Cup's in the winter time, so you don't have to worry about it. But, but you have Euro uh, Cup, obviously coming you know, up. Funny, funny that you mentioned that because me and Scott met this lady. Was she from Charlotte or Miami? Miami, from Miami. Miami. And she and she mentioned about that, um, and she was worried about. She's gone to a lot of barn events and games in the past, and a lot of the other stars didn't come. But I guess because they're not playing in the European Cup or. There was a World Cup, you know. This allowed them to, you know, bring the stars over here for for sure. Next year, you're not going to see the 
those star players because they're going to be playing in the Euro Cup, you know, the Euro Championship. So you'll see a lot of the backups. So this is like the good year. I think that's maybe something the ICC needs to kind of realize, hey, maybe we need to space this out. Every two years. Every two years. That way we can bring the star players, you know, because, you know, for example, like Real Madrid, the one that was missing the most was Casemiro. He just played Copa America. You know, he was missing there. So, and I'm sure there's some of the Bayern players that play for Brazil or for any of the other South American teams. They're probably still on, on, on vacation to, you know, still and probably reporting this upcoming week. So hopefully maybe ICC can look into that. Yeah, it is kind of, so the prices were kind of, you know, tickets were pricey. I just kind of, my only thing is, you know, is the merchandise. I wish it would sell more geared towards the game, not more towards the teams. You know, looking for some, like, scarves that have the team, both team names on it, because that would have been a good little memento to have and so forth. Yeah, they didn't have, like, that's kind of what we were looking for, was, like, a, a commemorative scarf where it had, like, both teams. Like, day, like, yeah, you know, like, kind of kind of sort of like they did for, I, I think I have one from something, but they didn't really have any scarves. It was just the either the Bayern ones or the Real Madrid scarves, and then the only ICC gear they really had was the T-shirts they wanted Forty dollars for that said ICC and then had like eight teams on it. Their logos. Do you think that's the reason why though? Is because it is a special event um, to where it's not really league. Maybe it's like a licensing issue with the different logos different clubs you and stuff. Use on it and play. Yeah, they, yeah, that could be. Maybe they didn't want to have to deal with the hassle of paying Bayern, you know, a royalty for using their logo and Real for using their logo and just figure they wouldn't make anything. But that's kind of what these things are all about, right? Is just creating merchandise and things like that that you can sell to try and make a buck. I mean, there was the whole city of Houston out there selling gear, uh, trying to make a buck on the way into the stadium. <laughs> and the way out, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot cheaper on the way out, though, for the, the Real Madrid gear than it was on the way in, I think. Well, one of the things as far as, like, the training sessions, you know, that I was really impressed is just the organization, um, how they do things, you know, the routines, um, especially the one-touch play, which we don't really see too much in USO, even, even in MLS, too. You know, the, you know, this is like the cream of the crop for athletes as far as training and and what you see on TV is like I said, you know, to see it firsthand was was great. You know, and that's something you know I think any kid would want to envision and hopefully one day playing in that level. You know, you you do have to work hard <laughs> to get to to get to that, but. And I was honored to watch it. You know, it wasn't no my it wasn't my team, but it was an honor to be there. At, at cousins are all mad. They are <laughs> fans. How'd you how'd you get to see them? Well, give me an autograph. Blah blah blah. And so, but it was an honor. And so I'm glad we got we got the invitation to see them, and hopefully again to get another opportunity to see another elite European team That's in true. action. Yeah. So you got another trip before we hit uh, our trip here uh, tomorrow. Uh, uh, I believe the uh, yellow flag in the background is going to be visiting uh, H-Town and the Dynamo yep. um, in another quote-unquote cash grab uh, <laughs> uh, by, by some uh, marketing. So uh, thoughts on on, on the, the League's Cup and, and the possible changes that are coming with it? Yeah, the League's Cup, um, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it was, I did look at the, the ticket prices. One too bad as it was more of the fees, which surprised me that the League Cup – was charging an $11 fee 
I don't know what they'd use those eleven dollars for. Maybe for the balls or for the, Yeah, I guess he wants to <laughs> stay rich. Um, but I am looking forward to Club America and Dynamo. I'm sure Club America is probably going to. They want to win every. They want to win everything. And actually, I did hear uh, Giovanni Los Santos will be starting starting and playing in that game. Oh, nice. So we'll see how what kind of progress he has made since switching from the Galaxy to Club America. You know, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it's going to be a sellout game because you're probably going to see more yellow than orange. You know, of course. At the game. So, and the way they have it set up is it's weird that any, all the games are basically going to be in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the two teams are from Liga Amakis. Uh, they're going to play, I think, in California or they're in Houston. And then the final is going to be in Las Vegas. Nice. I think it's September. And they did come out with a report today. They're thinking of expanding out to 16 teams, but the format's going to be a little bit different. Um, I think they're going to get the top four teams from Liga MX and the top four for MLS to go straight to Champions League. And then the next four or five below them are going to be in that League Cup. Kind of something like, like the Europa or, or, yeah, Champions yeah, League and then the Europa Cup, your Europa League. So I think that's the direction they're going. And that one, like I said, that one is going to have 16 teams starting next year. Do you think they start to expand it out more to, you know, let's say like Costa Rica? Um, and I know some of the quality in the, the Central American leagues, you know, are, are, you know, we'll say our USL level at best um, or USL championship level. And I know it kind of varies, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, for that, but do you think that will be something that you'll see down the road, or you think it's mainly going to be a, a Liga MX uh, MLS uh, competition? The according to the article, looks like it's just going to be Liga MX and MLS. They're not going to include anybody else. I think one of the main reasons is MLS wants to kind of gnar- close the gap as far as mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. talent wise and mm-hmm. and play wise. So hopefully maybe one of the MLS teams wins the Champions League. Well, that's going to take some time. <laughs> take some time. <laughs> Harry couldn't hold that in. Well, but, you know, the, but how, but the how MLS is, does it is by removing the stupid salary cap. If you let yeah. teams spend what they want to spend or what they can spend, then you're competitive. But when you got, you know, was it Club America or was it, what's the other one, uh, Tigris? Tigris, Monterey. Well, Monterey just signed a player from, from um, Tottenham. Well, because I think what Houston, I know Houston or Dallas's entire salary is is five million or less, kind of somewhere around around that around that. Like now, there may be bonuses and stuff that bump it up, but typically the, their base salaries is around five million. And from my understanding, there's you know I don't you know there, there's that's a fraction of what you know teams are pay, are paying you know in, in in Liga MX at this time. Yeah, that's probably like two of their best players as far as their salary right there. You know, compared you can't to the compete with that, yeah. and and that's something that they're gonna have to change in order for them to compete. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to do that, and 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 having those designated players is not gonna help. You know, you know, give it. You know, give the Devils do like a slot time. Yeah, he's he's good, but if you go up against Monterey, he's gonna go up against Monterey or or Tigres or America. You know, they're gonna shut him down because they. You're gonna have three or four guys that can probably that can do it. That's on his talent, yeah. That's on his talent. So, and that's that's the thing is one of the things that they're producing as far as Liga MX is our players 
there are going to Europe. So there's a big discrepancy as far as the talent level, you know, going like Edson, uh, uh, Edson Alvarez, the one's going to, he used to play with the Club America. Now he's going to go to the Ajax. So that's, that shows you right there that MLS has to do some catch up. You know, if they're going to compete, get rid, uh, get rid of the salary cap and start spending Open money and <clears throat> make it an open market. Make it an open market because that's the only way you're going to compete. Well, I'll say this, and this will be my final subject on it. Uh, 538 does a team ranking um, of, of the teams here. Phoenix Rising is what fifth or sixth in in, in the uh, uh, you know in, in the rankings there. And if and Phoenix Rising has a great team, you know, not not to diss them at all, but to me, if you got a Division Two that's investing, in, and you can tell they've invested in the players because the quality that they have, um, you know, S- Sam Dor, you know, former San Antonio, uh, you know, marketing guy and genius, um, they've got it going on, and that tells me when 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 you got a USL team that, that's that high, MLS has got to start, you know, they've got to start be looking, you know, hey, what what do we need to do to improve um, the quality on, on 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 the pitch? And you know, I know five thirty eight, it's it's subjective and, and stuff like that, but you know, I think if if Phoenix had the opportunity, you know, in an open cup and a level playing field, I think they would be one of the top teams that that would have to, you know, that, that would be able to do it because they have the depth. Um, you know, you know, to be able to contend, and I think that's why they're they're starting to walk away with, um, you know, with, with with the USL West. And with I know they're only like three, Austin. but they've won, they've won what nine games? Oh yeah. <laughs> I was gonna joke with I was gonna joke with Diego about saying or, or not uh, yeah uh, Victor, pardon me, Victor about Diego oh, saying uh, he's a he's an excellent goalkeeper with the exception of in Phoenix because his last two trips to Phoenix he's gave up ten goals and and they're not all on him don't get me wrong no. uh, but he's been the starting goaltender and uh, he's walked away with a negative ten goal difference uh, when he's left there so I think also to increase the maybe the level of play as first even with the USL is maybe have a partnership with the the sense the sense league the second division of Liga MX and have their own cup tournament you know that's what. That's that's something would would be great, you know. For well, uh, Edwards has talked about that, so I think I think this first year here it's going to be more. Um, and this is going to transition into USL news here. Um, so a couple of big things have came out. You know, Jake Edwards has talked about having um, a cup with with the lower leagues with USL between League One and 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 uh, USL Championship, but he's also open to you know, having you know, some sort of competition with, you know, Division Two in Mexico, which which I think would be great. Um, the other big news that, in, in, uh, you know, uh, The Athletic came out with an article this week that USL is looking at possibly on pushing the uh, MLS2 teams uh, down to League One, and that's going to that's gonna be a uh, – that that's going to be a that's going to be a battle. We'll we'll just leave it at that because you know uh, um, I see both sides of it because I don't know if people realize this, um, but you, the USL show did a great uh, podcast this week over it with Phil and the uh, gentleman that wrote it here. I'm trying to get to that here uh, with uh, Sam. Uh, uh, now I'm going to chop his name. Stechels. Uh, S T E J S K A L. Um, they did a podcast. So right now, USL sell, selling uh, franchises for nine, ten million dollars. 
um, where MLS two teams did not pay a fee to get in. Um, League one interest fees about a million. So if you could drop those nine teams down um, and possibly some other independent uh, USL teams, I think like uh, uh, Tulsa, as an example, uh, mm. possibly Charlotte, Ch uh, Charleston. I, I know those both have great histories and, and stuff like that, but they're, you know, they're more of the lower spending ones. That opens up an additional eight, nine, ten spots at ten million apiece. You're talking about ninety, a hundred million dollars for the league in, in possible uh, entry fees. That's why it's coming down. So it'll be interesting because the MLS and USL contract ends this year. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how this plays out. Um, to me, there's there's different. Um, Different things. You got teams like Tacoma that's investing in stadiums, Real Monarchs that are investing in stadiums. But then you got teams like uh, New York Red Bulls, too, which have been the playoffs quarterfinals, um, but draws, you know, draws 700 people. So yeah. it's one of those kind of happy balances that I think for USL and MLS, because, you know, let's be honest, it, you know, it's, I think this could be one of those fights where you're going to see where each league has different goals uh, for it here. So um, just because the NASL isn't around doesn't mean the silly season isn't going to be silly because there is, there is a battle that's going to be uh, arising and this time it's going to be USL on USL. So uh, stay tuned on that. And, but if you do get the chance to listen to the USL show, or um, if you have a subscription to the athletic, uh, you know, please give that, give that a read. It was an excellent article by, uh, Sam and, and uh, you know Phil and, and Sam also did a great job on breaking it down, going into a little bit more detail uh, for that here. But uh, that brings us up to our trip. Uh, safe travels. We had no no uh, no uh, major events um, on the way, so no ice cream spills in the car. So I was happy about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we got to see uh, El Paso, and uh, I thought the stadium was all right. Uh, they got, you know, we have the sandbox. They got hammer the pitch. The oh. flag's awesome. I got to give it. That's something that they have. Have you seen the flag? He, I heard about the flag. I haven't seen the flag. I heard uh, of the flag. We'll see, I'll, 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 Anna's got one. I gave mine to Anna. Um, uh, we'll we'll have to give. I'll, I'll show you. It's it's awesome. It's something that SAFC needs. To, really, it's any any team should do. Like at the start of the season, you can do it. The only issue that I have is with SAFC and Toyota Field. I mean the sandbox if they would allow it back in because it is on what a three foot stick, something like that. Um, it's not a plastic. It looks like a straw straw or something, but it's, it's I think they allow that. I think this would, they will allow this cause it's plastic. Oh, okay. It's, it's like, like the little ones. It's not like wooden. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's plastic, but still, you know how security is on large items that don't fit in a 12 by 12 inch, uh, 12 by 12 bag. So, but no, we got to see El Paso, and uh, I think going in, we all thought, "Hey, a tie would have been a good result." And instead, they walked away with uh, with a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty convincing victory. Uh, you know, uh, Frank Lopez was a star. Matt Cardoni did, uh, you know, had you know a couple of uh, great saves that I thought you know, were even better than the ones in Orange County. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to send, uh, you know, stand in the area where Tim was and. You know, when Frank scored his first goal, I yelled at him. I was like, good job, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> with, the, with the signing, and you, you went back. But uh, your thoughts on the trip there, Rafa, and, and the game there? It was a fun trip. Like I said, I've done that trip before for work. 
Uh, so it was a good experience. You know, I think this is my, I've been to all the stadiums now. So I've been to Austin. Mm -hmm. Copa Tejas. Yeah, so I've done all the, the Copa Tejas tour already. Um, so it was a good trip. And then, like I said, we, we knew we needed to get these three points. I mean, I would have been happy with one, but, you know, something something came up with, you, you know, I guess Frank really lit the fire and set the tone. And when he got that first go, you can kind of tell these guys wanted it a little bit more. You know, we had to kind of weather the storm a bit. Uh, they did take away a goal from El Paso, which – wasn't offsides, even though they got mad. They are. Uh, they did equalize, but that didn't, that's the thing is when they equalize, it didn't really phase us. Normally, you fall apart. You know, we just kept on going, pushing, pushing. We mm -hmm. got that goal right before the half. Uh, a beautiful pass with Jameson, and then Lopez just split them and put that one in the back of the net. Then we had the. The, uh, for five minutes the second half, it didn't look good because we were really getting bombarded. Um, our defense was trying to hold on, hold on, and then you know, someone from above kind of stopped the game. Further delay. <laughs> yeah, so we had a lightning delay, sort of there waiting about 30 minutes. And that thing that helped the team because I think it helped reorganize, also give a – and it wasn't too hot that day because of the clouds and all that. And then once we got that third goal, you know, the – that, that took out the crowd. And that's the thing is, is El Paso really feeds off their crowd as far as their play. And getting in that like third, Mexico. Yeah. And getting that third goal really killed them, silenced them. And, um, you know, we are able to talk a little smack to <laughs> some of their supporters. And then we end up getting the 3-1 win. So, you know, I think I don't think anybody in, in that stadium expected us to come out with the three points. Well, I, I think we had a feeling that, hey, you know, it, it could be done if we played our game. I did, uh, in speaking with uh, the El Paso supporters group, uh, you know, a little bit afterwards. Uh, so a couple of things from the match. Um, number one, the weather delay, that was done by the ref, not by the booth. Um, because, right, you know, I think what the ref saw is that loud thunder, or, or yeah. loud, but the thunder strike that looked closer than what it was. Um, I guess according to the weather guys or the maps there, it technically was still outside of the the, the limit. So I guess he kind of suspended it on his own without, you know, really having, having the okay to do it. And, of course, the ref controls it uh, for that. But to me, the other big talking point, uh, and this will be my question to you guys, fair or unfair, um, Sebastian Vasquez uh, did not play because SAFC did not approve. I guess all of his paper wasn't done. It was all in, It was, but it wasn't processed on time. And I guess USL has a rule if it's not in by a certain period, um, the opposing team has to approve it. And from reports, and, and like I said here, uh, I guess the El Paso coach mentioned it in his post-game presser, uh, San Antonio uh, declined uh, having uh, Vasquez on the field. So... My thoughts is, hey, as an SAFC fan, hey, it helped us, you know, because, you know, he is, he is a great player. However, the competitor, it, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, uh, you know, I, I personally would have liked to see him because I've, you know, interacted with him yeah, online a few times and, you know, he's, he's a pretty cool guy, but 
your thoughts this on SAFC war, uh, saying saying uh, no, don't uh, you know you, you can't play? And, you know, this you is a divorce. In the you don't have to sign the papers right away when your ex-wife sends them to you, right? You got to be spiteful <laughs> a little bit and drag it out from at least what I've heard. You know, luckily I haven't had to go through that process. I was like, yet. is there something you need to tell us? <laughs> 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 you know, ninety day fiance or something like that. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, did did they? maybe do it purposely it's gamemanship you, you can't they're not wrong right i mean of course but you can't get mad about it i mean oh i'm not mad <laughs> no 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 i know you're not i'm talking about el paso because like i, I know too you know we, we talked about how in the past just kind of safc gets up like they did historically and then park the bus versus not playing that way against el paso and keeping the attack going but then they're towards the end kind of Rafa was mentioning that some of the fans were getting frustrated at San Antonio playing more of a possession game there at the end. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what you do in soccer when you're up two goals and there's five minutes left, you know? Sorry, but to me, it's just another thing you got to kind of write up. It is what it is, and better luck next time. No luck. They probably would have done it to us. I say, I mean, it was was Frank that was winning to get approved. You think they would have signed it? Hell no! After all the, the stats he's done, so you know I think it adds to the rivalry. You know, I know it's a young rivalry, but I think it adds to that. To, you know, especially because you know their front office. You know, and, and it's not a slide against SAFCs or anything like that. But you know, they're a little they're a little pissy. But I think if if the roles were reversed, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you know, they they would be thinking, "Yep, you know, be let's, let's keep over there." Out. Yeah. You know, why, why do we want to risk it? So, but no, I, I thought, you know, and, and, you know, speaking with Danielle at the Alamo City game, uh, you know, on Saturday there, and this was before the OC matches, and she went, you know, she made a great point. It's, you know, we had the Austin match, we had the break, and I know you had the Cardiff, but the Cardiff game was, it was a friendly. Um, you had the great showing in El Paso. Um, and I think they did okay in 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 um, Orange County. I think they should have won that, not only with just the last call, but you know how Frank missed that open shot. You know, you know that's 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 a one out of a hundred misses. I, I think he nails that ninety nine other times. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, to me, it was one of those things where both of us are like, you know, at the time, it's 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 about the consistency at this time. So. Um, you know, it's great, you know, seeing, hey, the, the little blips here, um, but we need to see the consistency on, on this team performing like they performed in El Paso and like they did against against Austin because they had that same kind of performance. But we need to continue to see that for the next uh, probably three, four games um, before you really have that full confidence that, that the team is back or, you know, because I remember last year what they had a good run and then they just collapsed down the stretch. Um, you know, where they got the hopes up and then... Yeah, in the last know, few matches that they still needed to they win. Just, they just folded tanked. like a cheap tent, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, and, you know, I, I unfortunately didn't get to see too much of the uh, Orange County game just due to the uh, Byron game and then and then travel back to the hotel and everything. But um, I did think that they, they played very well against El Paso. And I know one of the things we kind of talked about on the last episode was just, you know, as long as everything's clicking for this team, that they you're going to see them go. They could go on a deep run here in the playoffs. That the, the points aren't that far of a gap. And 
I think that Austin's a prime example of that. Um, obviously, like you say, Cardiff was more of a friendly, um, but also to El Paso was a great example of that. Mm-hmm. We just saw the back line playing pretty well. Now Cardoni did come up big on some saves, which, you know, he's one of those pieces that he's going to have to be playing 100%. That back line's going to have to, you know, be there, and then the offense is going to have to put more than one in the back of the net for this team, I think, to find that formula for success. And uh, right now, all those things have been happening. Yeah, actually, the El Paso game, Ibusi had a big game. I mean, he was knocking lots of balls out of the crosses and so forth. So he was one of the keys to do that, except for that one play, he kind of fell asleep. <laughs> but that's where Matt made that great save. But right, you know, that's and that's something. This is the the starting the the bench is also starting to contribute. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it's starting to become a team effort. Not we're not going to depend on one or two guys. You know, we're starting to see that. I think even even going going back is some of the Cardiff game. Even though that was a, a friendly, you can still see they they were competing. They can keep up with the, the, they can keep up with them, you know. They can keep up with any team, and then you know that all started. Like I said, all started out with the Austin game. So we're looking forward for this Saturday's game against you know, Salt Lake. You know, we can win, get those three points. You know, we're back, really back in it, and you know we could end up being in the tops. I think top eight. So we're, we're in striking distance of that four spot. And that's something me and you, you, Scott, that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We can get that four spot. We in really good shape. I know we're not going to catch up to Phoenix. Top three or doesn't look like Fresno yeah, or, Top three is done, but between yeah. four and fifteen, separated by six points. That's yeah, how. Yeah. That's how silly the the West is. <laughs> um, but here, I have two questions here for you. Okay. And I guess they're the same questions. Barnby and Ever both started on the bench on both games. Thoughts? I, I I think they're starters. You know, I think you got to have Lopez. I think both of those are starter. Both both of those are starters, especially Barnby in the in the midfield. I, I agree with you on Barnby in the midfield. You know, we kind of speculated when we saw the Lopez signing. So who's going to sit? You know, I think you kind of posted that question, and when San Antonio FC came out with that starting lineup, and you saw Guzman on the bench, I, I think that kind of answered that question of who's going to sit for Frank Lopez. And um, until they kind of figure out with their different formations and, and how exactly they want to play the personnel for that, because against El Paso, they kind of did it a little bit differently. Rafa was explaining to me that you couldn't really see on the television with how they were playing their formation. So I think right now, until you really kind of figure out what those top three are going to look like and with the success that you're having right now with Jamison and with Lopez in there, how do you really not have... Guzman on the uh, bench. I mean, I think maybe now, I guess to get Guzman in, switch the formation. I mean, go maybe go through a through a three five two with Lopez and Guzman as your forwards, and then in your midfield you have you know you pretty much can have any combination as long as you have Pecos there as our holding mid. You know, you can't go wrong with either Pirano, Jamison, Billy, Barnby and even um, Gomez. So he may have to go switch up the formation again because we're playing with a back three, which is fine, and I think they've gone accustomed playing with three defenders. But I think now with Lopez, you know, I don't think you got to want to – you want to get ever in the game. Mm-hmm. I think having those two up front and then switch into a five midfield 
I think that can accommodate. And, you know, having two or two or top forwards there up front is going to cause a lot of problems. You know, maybe that'll also motivate ever to get to kind of get it going too. say, hey, you know, if I don't, don't start producing, I want to be on the bench. Well, I think you got to have Lopez in just because of the speed because he brings yeah. in that dynamic that we've, that we've been saying has been missing. But I think I think ever with his creativity and his um, his experience or his wiliness, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to keep on the bench. And, and you know, you know, to me, to me, he's got. I'm not saying he's Rafa, but he's got that kind of that leadership that that you know. And I know Rafa is more of a firebrand, but you know, when he's on the field, he brings a different level, in my opinion, on there. Um, so See, one, maybe that's why that's a situation that we do need to play a three-five-two. Um, have the, have those two up top. Um, like I said, have Peck as a holding mid, um, and then other two, the two attacking mids. Uh, we can have um, you know Barbie and Pirano, and then on the outside we can have um, Gomez and and Forbes. Billy, or or even Jamison on the outside. Mm-hmm. So now I think now we can really play with the lineup a little bit more. But it's going they're gonna have I think switch it up to a three five two. I think that's the only way you can see both of them. That's the only way it's going to work because I don't think a three uh, three four three, I don't think uh, ever can play on the outside. Right. Mm. I don't think he has the speed unless you move Lopez outside, which might be a, might be not be a bad thing because he'll be more creative and more have more space to create those one on one situations to shoot. But then who? Well, are you that's mentioning? another option you can look at. Because obviously you got to sit somebody, you know, and I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to sit Jamison right now with just kind of the streak that he's been on lately. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Gomez, I guess, just coming back from injury, we'll have to see how Powell plays it. But, yeah, I think a formation change would almost be the best way to kind of implement both of those strikers. Yeah. Those, see, those. And also you have, like, Gallegos and, and, and also with Ethan, too. You know, True. I think the 3-5-2 would probably be benefit for them. True. And the mid. Uh, in the mid, so it's a, it's a lot. Or like I said, you guys can come in for either Lopez or or ever up front, you know. But I think that's the formation they're gonna have to probably switch up to get our best players out there. The the one person that I'm I'm hoping to come back, and I think he's he's probably the missing piece here. Um, right now they're running Lahood um, in the back, and, and as we saw in El Paso, he kind of covered you know on, on the back line there. Uh, but when Mo comes back, I think you know you put Mo and Green, uh, Mo playing up, you know a little bit, a little bit more because mm-hmm. yeah, as we saw, he can mm-hmm. play in the, in the midfield, uh, kind of on there. But I think you need that one, you know, in, in case you need to have, you know, switch to you know four in the back, you know, like they did a little bit against El Paso. I think Mo's that one piece in the back line. Um, and, and I'm not saying LaHood's doing a bad job. He, you know, I thought he did pretty good. But I think Mo's brings a little bit more of that speed. He's a little bit bigger, not as easy, and, and, and to be able to flip, you know, be able to push around a little bit. Um, and I think he would help solidify the back line. Where I think you know the uh, hood, uh, he does a good job, but you know, you know, obviously he's more of that def- defending midfielder um, for that here. So hopefully uh, Mo will be coming back soon here. But I do have a question here. It's uh, from uh, Chris Walker here. He does the. Uh, uh, Seek and Strike uh, podcast there out of, uh, you know, out of their, um, uh, out of New Mexico United. So he asked, uh, you know, you know, you know, his comment was pitch conditions. Toyota Stadium reminds him of, of Venice Beach, of course, the cheap shot. Um, but uh, everywhere else, or everywhere else, SAFC has been playing way better. Um, why do you think they were losing on the road so much looking back now? 
um, and they seem to be you know playing better at home in the sandbox. You know why is that? So um, thoughts on that? I think that's debatable. I mean, I, I know we kind of had the article out there from Chris Hawkman, and um, I know that uh, Aaron Marvel has posted kind of to the the difference in, in night and day in the two teams here for San Antonio at home and and on the road. And I don't know if it's really I been a case of two teams this season. I feel like you know that's maybe more a coincidence um, than playing on the road like that they're not a very aggressive team on the road but then again they haven't been playing very aggressively at home so it's like I think every reason that you can think of why they haven't really been successful on the road you could almost make the same argument that the performance at home other than the last few games that we've seen here that they've played at home where they've started to turn things around uh, I think those last few games just happen to be at home I mean obviously the game versus El Paso where they played really well that was on the road you know so I think San Antonio FC's problems uh, come a lot from just more teamwork and lack thereof when it comes to communication. I think you have a lot of individually talented players, and I think that it's just taken them some time this season to really gel as a unit with the amount of turnover that we really had last year. I, I, I don't know how much of it I think is, is on the road versus at the sandbox. I, I think you can tell the difference on this game that we're, for the El Paso game, we're the aggressor. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I think they realize that, you know, we can't be passive anymore. And I think, and Mary, I think you mentioned that, that we have like a, about coach uh, rolling the dice. You know, we have to start rolling the dice now. Well, and I think the first dice was rolling for bringing Frank in. Mm-hmm. And that just sparked everything. And hopefully, like I said, getting, bringing in Moses once he's healthy, you know, this could be something that, you know, we're hopefully peaking at the right time, like towards the playoffs. Because if you notice on the other teams, like New Mexico and Austin and El Paso, they're peaking really high in the beginning, but now they're starting to fall apart. Starting to fall back, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, we, we took our lumps early. I think we're now we're getting the right pieces together. The chemistry starting to get, you're starting to see that. Are, now, are they willing to build upon that as far as can can you keep it up? Can you stay aggressive? You know, they have to have going with a killer instinct every single game. I think for me, it's two things. Number one, the season balances out. We've always we've always said that. And you look for the first forty five minutes against Real Madrid or not Real Madrid, but Real uh, Salt Lake. Um, that they were up two nothing in Salt Lake. They're you know short of a five-minute period where they got two PKs and mm-hmm. which got really Salt Lake back in the match, they were the dominant team, you know, in there. Um, Fresno, they had a couple of, you know, calls that uh, probably were, were debatable, um, you know, against that. So outside of the RGV game and, you know, the, the Austin game, which, you know, the home, Austin homeowner, which was real close, but on, on the road – you know, during during league play, not counting the Open Cup in Austin, they've been very competitive. It's just you know, they've been unlucky. Mm-hmm. So you have to start to think that maybe that's going to you know start to turn around. I know uh, the call at the end against Orange County, which it probably, right you know, I, I think is has been you know shown that you know the reason why it didn't go is because it was offsides and, and Frank you know it looks like was offsides um, you know for that here. So, but the calls are going to start to balance out. You're going to see. I think you're going to see a little bit better results uh, from SAFC on, on the on the 
road. But I think the biggest reason why, um, and, and me and Rafa was talking about it at the game there, is I think Coach Powell has no choice. You, you can't play for the tie on the road right now. You've got, you know, you've got to try to, to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. I think with Frank, I think, you know, especially once they start getting a little bit more healthy, which you're starting to see, you're going to start to see the, the quality of F- SAFC starting to rise a little bit where other teams are starting to get snake bitten by the, by the injuries. And um, we all know pro refs, you know, are, you know, they do a they good job, ways. but the, some of the calls are just, just head scratchers yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. It, it, but it balances out. That's mm-hmm. the thing that as friends, you know, as fans, typically if, if you look at the season, SAFC is going to get some calls that maybe they probably shouldn't have. You know, it just seemed like at the start of the season, you know, like I said, what, two episodes ago, you know, they couldn't even get out of the bed without falling down, where now it seems like they're able to get up, go to the bathroom, take a piss, and, and start their day. Uh, we just got to see if they're going to be able to finish the day on a successful path. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how the, the season finishes off and everything. Um, important matchup this week, as you mentioned, Rafa, you know, three points here. Could put us very close within that uh, playoff spot, even for the top ten uh, within the standings. So it's never really been a question of are we mathematically still eligible for the playoffs. It's always been more a question of can we get our shit together and actually start playing like a cohesive unit and make the playoffs. And it seems like San Antonio FC starting to answer that question. So we'll see what they can do this week. Um, but let's just do like a, a final thoughts, final minute. We've kind of already ran a little over, but we'll just uh, make this episode a little long and, and try and get back to it again next week. I'll start with you, Harry. Uh, for me, like I said, if you get the opportunity to go out to the UPSL match uh, at Samba, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't believe I'm going to be able to make it out due to the prior uh, arrangements here. Um, the ladies do deserve it, but these are the two best teams in San Antonio for the ladies here. Um, and I hope for, you know, for the ladies game, uh, that they are able to, you know, expand or, you know, maybe consolidate a little bit as we've kind of talked about maybe into, um, you know, one league, but if you're not, um, I'd love to see UPSL kind of expand a little bit more. Um, we've talked about UWS, they're more of a national league. So I'd like to see them develop a little bit more, maybe a team in Oklahoma or, you know, New Mexico, uh, that type of stuff to where, you know, it can become more of a national and you're not just talking about four teams. So uh, for the ladies, we're coming off of, of a great World Cup cycle. Um, TV ratings are, you know, e- even now, I guess, uh, the, you know, the ESPN match that they had, you know, set pretty good, you know, TV you know, records here for, you know, for the ladies here. Um, hopefully, you know, we can go out and go support them. Um, I know John, you know, has done a heck of a job this season, you know, with, with the ladies getting the team on. Um, and you know, I, I know the sporty, uh, sporty ownership has as well. I don't know the name of them. I think Scott may know that. Um, but, uh, to me, if you, you get the opportunity, please go out and support them. Um, and then look out, uh, we're going to uh, start to, uh, transition to the fall for uh, the UPSL. Um, I know that's kind of my, uh, my baby here, which I'm looking forward to and, uh, you know, uh, for and, and to see what kind of changes that are going to be coming. Uh, to the central and, and like I said, as we talked earlier, um, I guess we got a route for Southwest FC because they are a Texas team, but uh, you know they're from El Paso, El Paso so again. I, I think they're still in New Mexico. So uh, they're in the mountain time zone. That's New Mexico, right? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, what about you, Rafa, Mister Man of the Road? 
Um, well, looking forward for tomorrow's game with Club America. See how see they ruin the Dynamo's party. Oh yeah, won't be hard. Won't be hard. Yeah, we'll see how Geo plays. Like I said, hopefully he gets he'll get back to form and hopefully he gets a chance to also play with a national team later on. But I am looking forward for Saturday's game against Real. Um, hopefully we get a big crowd since we've done pretty well the last two, last mm-hmm. three, four games. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we really need to support the team, get rowdy, make intimidate Real, and I think I think we're gonna pull this one off with a two-zero win, Ooh. and and be in striking distance. You know, I think it's a, I think they're gonna, the, I think the guys are gonna have a little chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Losing that game over there, mm-hmm. and then they're they're not going to allow this to happen here at home, and mm-hmm. you know, we're going to pull it off, and hopefully, like I said, the, the refs don't screw so, this one up. So, yeah. I, I guess the question is, and this will go for you, Scott. What will the pitch look like? It's got to be better by now. Um, I was just going through some comments real quick before we call it a wrap. Um, Thomas St. George, wish we had Lance healthy and Bruce back. Ref sucks. Sound is better tonight. Thank you, Thomas. Um, but the pitch has to be better by now. I mean, you've had, you know, you knew about it for two weeks before the Cardiff match and how bad it was. You know, you've had the two weeks now or whatever really since then with the El Paso game and the OCSC game. If, if it's not back to normal shape, I mean – Hell, they had probably the stadium there at Energy ready to go in the amount of time that they've had now to prepare Toyota Fields to lay new grass or whatever the heck they need to do to make that surface playable so it's not an embarrassment. But I fully expect Saturday Toyota Field to look like its old self again. Mark my words. (laughs) Don't make me look bad, Susie. This has been another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. The sandbox part three or two or two or three. (laughs) We out.